By now, you've probably heard us talk about our Drink and Farm holiday shop. This year, we launched our shop early so you can get into the holiday spirit right on time. We saw major slowdowns in deliveries last year, so this year, we planned ahead so you can plan ahead. Go to drinkandfarm.com slash holiday2021 to check out all of our amazing holiday designs. We have blankets, mugs, kids, and adult sizes, and sweatshirts, t-shirts, and so much more. Don't get stuck without one of our ugly holiday sweater designs. Go to drinkandfarm.com slash holiday2021 today. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am having coffee because it's the morning and that's <laughs> what normal people do yes. <laughs> in the morning. Yes. But I'm drinking it out of one of our throwback mugs. Yay, fancy cow. Yeah. So this mug will be in our merch shop in the throwback stuff just until the end of Cyber Monday. So if anyone mm-hmm. wants to grab one of last year's holiday mugs, go do it. Right meow. Right meow. What are you drinking today? I saw your fancy cup. I'm excited. I am drinking just normal Tim Hortons coffee, which is not exciting, but what is exciting is what I'm drinking it in. Yes. We launched these, well, days ago when we launched all the throwback stuff. I went to a concert and we were VIP. So they gave us these cool pint glasses that were like squishy and flexible, but incredibly like thick and durable. And I was like, who is this? And it's a company called Silly Pint. So I told Bev, we got to get some of these. Let's look into it. And uh, we were able to order a limited amount in three different colors. So we have this fun blue color. It's like a blue tie-dye. And it's got our Give Zero Clucks design on it. We also have just like a flat black one. They are discontinuing that bouncy black is what they call it. And then we also have a Hippie Hops, which is just like your normal tie-dye. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. But we also ordered like a very limited amount of these lids. And I wasn't sure about these until I got them. They do a really good job (laughs) of like vac, almost like vacuum sealing. But I mean, it's not. But they're really on there. You have a little thing you can drink out of. It comes with a straw, too. So this is our like first, I feel like, real big kid merch yeah purchase that we've had specifically to give you guys a really sophisticated drinking vessel that is farm approved (laughs) because it's not glass it's silicone (laughs) yeah yeah it's flexible so you drop it like no big deal the lid seals on it so if it spills over at least most of your drink should still be in there (laughs) my cat has knocked it over because I didn't feed her fast enough, and um. there was not much of a spill at all. So, kitten approved. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Our drink peep this episode is our friend and teammate, Katie Montgomery. So, Yay. cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So, in today's dive bar, let's talk about hatching turkeys. Because gobble gobble. Yes. Emmer effer. 
I don't know why I felt the need to do that, but I did. And I'm running with it. So the reason why we're diving into this is because I think it was like mm, last year or maybe like, yeah, probably last year we talked about raising turkeys around Thanksgiving, but we didn't really get into the specifics of hatching turkeys, which is something I will hopefully be doing myself, not this coming spring, but next spring, because I am getting some heritage turkeys from Meyer Hatchery in April. Nice. So I'm going to retain some of them so I can just keep hatching my own and see if I hate that or not. We'll see. (laughs) So we'll dive into the specifics of what you need to do to hatch your own turkeys today. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things about your homestead is you get to decide what you want to raise on it. And when you can raise things in that closed loop, then you don't have to worry about things like supply chain issues or, you know, them not having the breed or the kind you want to raise that year. You know, like you just keep your handful of adults and then you let them do their thing and they make eggs that have turkeys in them. (laughs) Yes. Well, they have eggs that have the ability to create a turkey. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Only under the right conditions, which is what we'll talk about today. (laughs) Yes. And I got four different kinds of heritage breeds. So we'll kind of decide from there what one or two we like, and then the rest of them will pack our freezer. So Mm. sorry if you don't like that sort of thing, but don't worry. Today we're just going to talk about the hatching part, which is the cute part. (laughs) Yeah, that's the fun part. That is the fun part. So in order to really get started, if you're going to hatch them yourself instead of letting a turkey hen hatch them, which I don't know if that goes well or not. I don't know if turkey moms are good moms. I'm guessing they probably are. Somebody can tell us if that's true or false because we have no point of reference right now. But if you're going to hatch them yourself, you just need a few things. You need a thermometer. You need a spray bottle. Most importantly, you need an incubator. And then also a flashlight, which might sound a little random if you're not used to the hatching process, but we'll explain why a flashlight's important in a little bit. Yeah, those are the basics that are required to hatch them inside your house without a mama turkey hen. (laughs) So in order to hatch turkeys, you're going to need fertilized turkey eggs. And what that means is that a mama turkey and a daddy turkey got married And no, (laughs) you can't just... They did a little love dance. (laughs) You can't just put any turkey eggs in the incubator. They have to be fertilized. Turkey eggs are about the same size as a duck egg, and they need to be kept in cartons with the broad end up before you incubate them. And it's really important because the eggs can actually get like messed up if you put them the wrong way. Something about the way that the air like permeates through them, Mm -hmm. I think is the reason why you have to put them the right way. So broad end up, which means that the skinny part is pointing down in the carton. (laughs) You wanna make sure that you discard any cracked, damaged, or misshapen eggs. And you want to store your eggs in a cool pantry or a cupboard for no more than a week. Fertilized eggs that are older than a week will not be nearly as viable as fresh fertilized turkey eggs. And before they go into the incubator, you should allow them to acclimate and reach room temperature for a few hours. 
So the way that I usually do it when I'm hatching eggs, because normally I order my hatching eggs in the mail, so they get shipped Mm -hmm. and they get kind of like jostled around a little bit when they're shipped. So what I usually do is I unpack them right away. I get rid of any that got damaged in shipping because there's always just one or two, no matter how well you pack them. Right. I put them in the egg carton next to where the incubator is going to be. And then I let them sit for like a whole work day, essentially. So they get to room temperature and they get to settle a little bit yeah. the, you know driving down the dirt roads yes. in the country yes. <laughs> and I tend to have better hatch rates when I do that <laughs> pro tips yes and just a heads up that for every day that you store your fertilized eggs before you put them in the incubator that reduces their chance of being able to hatch a viable turkey so probably can't repeat that enough fresh fertilized eggs is really what you want to go for. (laughs) And then once you have your fresh fertilized eggs, it's time to bust out your incubator. And this article is very pro on the automatic incubator. And this just really depends on your budget, what kind of incubator you might already have. You can make probably pretty much any incubator work, but they are very excited about the automatic incubator in this article. They claim it's the simplest system for attaching turkey eggs and should produce the maximum yield. And I think when they're saying automatic incubator here, they mean that it has the egg turner in it that oscillates back and forth, which depending on your egg turner and your setup and your incubator, your egg turner an incubator might not be big enough for the turkey eggs because they're saying they're the size of a duck egg. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I have a really inexpensive automatic turning incubator and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's the magic fly one. It, you know, pops up in every group that I've ever been in for raising Mm. and hatching poultry. Mm -hmm. It pops up as a lot of people's favorites. And that has been my experience that it's my favorite too. It does have an, it has like a square And there's sections that are movable within the square so that you can adjust how wide each column is. So if you're hatching turkey eggs or duck eggs, you can just like take one of them out and put it in the middle. And then you can fit, I think, like probably four to six inside the square or it's Mm, kind of like a rectangle, not quite a square. But anyways... Inside the lid of the incubator is like a rod that comes down and it stabs into the rectangle and it just spins just a little bit like this and it moves the rectangle Uh. around so that it's rolling your eggs over rather than the oscillating back and forth. I've had some eggs break in the automatic turner though because like, you know, if it if it gets into like a corner or something and keeps trying to like shove. Yeah, then it's going to crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then it could crack an egg. Or if you are like me and you always try to put more eggs in your incubator than actually fit and you have the automatic turner on and it's pushing <laughs> eggs around and it gets one trapped. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll talk to Kendra from Meyer Hatchery, our friend that we had on the interview, and see and peruse the Meyer Hatchery website and see what kind of incubators they have and maybe what she recommends for turkey eggs. Because ours is like, ours is a hand-me-down incubator and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's basically like styrofoam and then like hardwire mesh in the bottom and then you like put water in it, blah, blah, blah. It works, but... I feel like I'm ready for an upgrade and maybe something a little nicer. So if I find something spectacular, I'll make sure to do some follow-up on that. 
Because it would be nice to have something a little more stable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've thought about investing in a really nice one, but that $40 or $45 Magic Fly one has just worked well enough. And yeah. just like, I, I haven't felt the need to spend hundreds of dollars on an incubator right. yet. But I'm also a very casual hatcher. We have a lot of chickens here, but we've only hatched. I can count on one hand how many times we've hatched here in the five years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was a hatchaholic for a while. Um, <laughs> my name's Sam. I'm a hatchaholic. Um, I do also have Sebastopol geese, and I tried to let the mama goose hatch this year, and it didn't go so well. Oh. We did. We only hatched, I think, two, and I sold them both, and one of them didn't make it after I sold it, which is, like, oh. the worst feeling. I did refund her because <laughs> I felt so bad. That was nice of you. Yes. So it w- I'm thinking, too, because a goose egg is just freaking huge. Yeah. I might need a bigger one for that purpose, too. Because you have to, like, hand turn them then, and they're rolling around because they're round. You know, it's an egg. But <laughs> I imagine the turkey situation would be about the same. So, anywho's, just remember that with your incubator, you have to keep it clean. And you need to be aware throughout the whole process of how clean your incubator is. Just keep an eye on it. Because, I mean, once you clean it and turn it on, it should be fine. But the temperature inside an incubator is exactly right for growing gross bacteria and microorganisms, which is why you want to sanitize your incubator and make sure you wipe off your eggs Mm -hmm. before you put them in. You don't want to scrub them necessarily. Just wipe off any poo that you see on them. I always wipe them with a dry cloth. Oh, yeah. And then you want to get the internal temperature of your incubator up to 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.5 degrees Celsius with a humidity level of 55% for the majority of the incubation period. So this is why that thermometer and even a hygrometer, hygrometer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that measures humidity too. Yep. Get one of those. <laughs> I have one that is from a, it's supposed to be used in a cigar humidor. It's like the size. Oh, fancy. Yeah, it's, it's only like that big. It's like a little tiny rectangle. But what's really cool is because my incubator is see-through, I just put it up against the wall yeah. of the incubator, and then I can see the numbers through it without having to open the lid. Mm-hmm. And then I know if I need to open the lid and get involved. So once your eggs start incubating, comes the exciting stuff. Exciting. Exciting. I'm, I'm so bad at that. And I always forget to do the egg puns. That's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> Only reason. And one of the best parts of incubating is getting to candle the eggs. Yes. So. For turkey eggs, your first candling should be after about a week in the incubator. And in order to candle them, you will use a flashlight. And that's what the flashlight's for in case everybody was still scratching their head about the flashlight thing. <laughs> you will check that the embryo is fertile by looking for a veiny blob around the middle of the egg. And you should see veins like spidering out from all directions from it. And there should be a small sac developing at one end. And that is the air sac, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think. (laughs) That's exactly what that's for. Because there (laughs) needs to be like a little air spot in it for them. (laughs) 
If after seven days, the egg is clear when you candle it, it is probably infertile. And if you see red or black stains or what looks to be like a bloody red ring, so it'll be like, it'll, it'll kind of look like you cracked an egg in the frying pan. It, there's like a circle and then there's the ring like all the way around it. That's what it always reminds me of. The ring will be red, just like on the edges. Well, so we call that the red ring of death in egg incubating. <laughs> and what that means is that there was probably a bacterial infection inside that egg. So that egg is not viable and you need to throw it out. Otherwise you're going to have a rotting, disgusting egg yeah. cooking in your incubator and it could totally explode, which you do not it's want. Bad. Yeah. The way that I candle my eggs is I always take them into, we have an internal bathroom in our house that doesn't have any windows. So I take the eggs in there and I turn all the lights out because it's pitch black. And then I turn on my flashlight and I hold my flashlight with my hand over it and like cup the egg on top of my hand. And then I can look around and look at it. We just shut the lights off at night in the house. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. You don't have to get too fancy. Yeah. Don't drop the eggs because that we've done that before and it's devastating after mm-hmm. a certain point. So be careful. Yeah, and be careful when you're putting them back in the incubator. When you're taking eggs in and out of the incubator, the more you do it, the more likely it is that you'll end up with some problems. My rule of thumb is I like to check on them. So I do the seven days, and then I try to only do it every four to five days after that. But, you know, chickens hatch in 21-ish days, so then you're Mm -hmm. only getting to candle them, you know, like three times. Right. (laughs) And it's really exciting to see their development because after that seven days, it's just a little embryo developing in there. But it's amazing how fast they develop. Like a couple days later, suddenly you'll, like, see this shape of a chicken, and then you'll, like, see their beak And then suddenly there's like no room in there whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) It's really cool. Yeah. So for the fun part, the actual hatching part. So (gasps) after 25 days, the eggs will hatch. Well, they'll start to hatch. This takes a minute. So to start with, there will be a faint peep noise. So you hear a little peep, peep. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And then you're excited and you're staring at your incubator and it's a really actually slow process. Um, (laughs) So this is when you want to adjust the temperature to 99 degrees Fahrenheit and up that humidity up to 75%. So once you hit day 25, just go ahead and do that. And then you'll want to keep it shut because by day 28, the turkeys should all have broken free from their shells and they'll be dried out into little puff balls, little pulps. But you don't want to be opening and shutting that incubator between those two or three days because if somebody has pipped, that air up, air down, in, out situation can dry it out, dry that egg out and make it difficult for them to break free. So resist the urge. I know it's really hard, but it also is really terrible to try to assist a little bird in hatching because it doesn't yep. always go so well. You can rip something important in the blood vessels if they're not actually ready to come out and then they bleed out and die. So don't mm. do it. Just let yeah. let nature take its course inside that incubator. Yeah. The best that you can allow for. <laughs> well, and maintaining the humidity is what that spray bottle is for. Yes. You'll bump it up to 75% at that 25 day and then you just want to keep checking it and you might have to open it to increase the humidity 
which I always hate doing. There are a couple of incubators that have just like a little hole in the top of them. And I've used an eyedropper during that, we call it the lockdown period after the point when they've started pipping. And you can use a little eyedropper to just like drop a couple drops on there. Yeah. And if a drop gets on a chick or an egg, it's like not the end of the world. But you do want to make sure no. that the... It's 99 degrees in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you do want to make sure that the humidity stays high because you don't want to shrink wrap those little pulps inside their yeah. egg and then they can't get out. <laughs> yeah. I use a little funnel Oh, in that hole because we have yeah. little holes too to help temperature control and air circulation. Obviously, the hole is, like, really tiny, so you got to get the right size funnel, but that's another option, too. But you don't want to overdo it, either. Yeah. Uh, Just a little bit at a time, because you'd be surprised. It's not a whole lot of water that's needed to up that humidity at that temperature in that small of a space. (laughs) You don't want to make it a total sauna for them, either. (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm. They got to be able to breathe. So uh, once your turkey poults have dried out and they're adorable little puffballs, you can move them to your brooder. And your brooder needs to have a heat lamp. It needs to have the proper chick feed for them. They need some water and a little bit of bedding. So you can use like sawdust or newspapers. For the first couple of days, I always use puppy pads because mm-hmm. I like to look at their poop. It's <laughs> important. It is. After day three, though, I switched to the, it's not sawdust, but it's the... Like pine shavings? Pine shavings. Yeah, that's what I switched to for chicks is pine shavings because they're so fluffy and they can get all comfy in it. Get cozy. And you just want to check on your turkey poults regularly and, you know, make sure that no predators can get into it, like your dogs or rats (laughs) or your cats or anything else. And then you get to do turkey care which we already did an episode on that so we're not going to repeat it all now no go (laughs) listen to it if you missed it or need a refresher yeah that episode was episode 139 let's talk turkey wish you could ask us your questions share your can't evens or tell your farm story to us out loud you can do that now by calling and leaving us a voicemail Just call 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM, if you've been putting off typing your farm story because you don't want to. That just takes too much time. Well, now you can call us and just tell us about it. We love to play these voicemails on the minisodes like the one you're listening to right now, but obviously we will still take your stories, questions, and can't evens in written form as well. Bottom line, we just want to hear from you. So make sure you call us and leave us a voicemail at 401-426-FARM. All right. So that's it for turkey hatching. We hope you enjoyed. We tried to be seasonal and festive. So yeah, let us know in the Facebook group if you're going to be hatching turkeys or maybe you raised your own turkeys for Thanksgiving this year. We want to hear all your turkey stories and we will take those stories and put them into our mini-sode too. So tell us all the things about your turkeys. Yes. So I know you didn't raise turkeys this year because we talk multiple times a week. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get a turkey for Thanksgiving though this year? No, because I go eat somewhere else. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't cook. (laughs) I always host Thanksgiving and we're doing chicken this year Mm -hmm. instead of turkeys because I raised the Meyer Hatchery Rainbow Rangers 
And so over, well, actually by the time this drops, we will have processed our two that we're going to eat for Thanksgiving. So I'm walking out there and I'm crossing my fingers. They get big enough. I forgot how many weeks we're at. We're probably at about 12. Grab a couple roosters. Yeah, I'm going to grab a couple roosters. They'll be fine. They should be ready. Yeah, I'm amazed at, I mean, ours went probably like 16 weeks, some of them, which is fine (laughs) for that breed. But like... I pulled off a, I had some chicken breast yesterday and I was amazed how much one breast was Good off of those rainbow rangers. It had like a little pin feather left in it. Oh. So I can tell what it was. But man, those roosters are huge. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention how amazed I am by them just as a meat chicken breed if someone is interested in you know switching to chicken instead of turkeys just because they don't want to raise a bunch of different kinds of things mine roost on the roosting bars with my hens <laughs> like they yeah. like, he was all the way up at the top just like in between two hens and I'm like dude what you doing <laughs> you are a meat chicken <laughs> yeah no they're amazing and they act like it sounds stupid you know unless you've raised bigger meat birds or know anything about like the commercial rapid growing meat birds but these ones act just like regular chickens and yeah. like I gave them the chicken swing and stuff I didn't see them on it but they were like playing with it and they were super engaged and running around one of them got out while we were processing and she was so active and hard to catch yeah that I almost thought about letting her live but I'm like no that's probably not good for her because she's still a bigger chicken <laughs> like, yeah yeah, right. I know. I have a favorite one that has a really cool coloring. I'll have to post a picture of her oh, somewhere yeah. that she'll have to go to, unfortunately, cause, just because of the breed. But yeah, they follow me around just like the egg chickens do. I'm just like... But I mean, I like it. I, I, yeah. it. It feels good to have them live a good life, yes. I guess, or a life that appears to be relatively good. I mean, I'm not a chicken, but they got everything right. they need, sunshine and grass. I mean, what more could a chicken ask for? <laughs> and these, these ones are freaking delicious to like I feel like we're doing a little chicken segment here but compared to the chicken that I buy at the grocery store which really doesn't taste like anything throw in some of these rangers into the crock pot with just like butter and a simple seasoning and oh my god it is so good so I'm interested to hear what you think because I know you've raised Cornish crosses before if you can tell a difference in taste between the two. Awesome. And I just uh, cooked my last Cornish cross the other day. So I perfect timing. Cornish cross left. Yeah. Well, I take that back. I still have some, I think I still have some drumsticks and some thighs. Okay. Cause I, you know, I like, I parted them out the yeah. last time I raised them last year. So I just have like a couple bags of that left, but my last whole one, like with the skin on and everything. That's done. So I was like, good timing. Yes. (laughs) So we've talked about Meyer Hatchery a lot here, and I know we don't have an official sponsor for this episode, but if you go to MeyerHatchery.com and want to put in some kind of order, because they did launch their 2022 inventory for next year, and then they have all kinds of stuff. They have home decor stuff. That's like my favorite. I need to shop. But we do have a code because we're both brand investors. So you can use code Drink and Farm to get $5 off your order online and be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you join our podcast family group yeah. fun community, community. Thing. 
and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts to possibly be entered into a monthly drawing. Or you can call us and leave us a review too. That is also an option. We already ran a commercial earlier with a phone number and the phone number is also in the show notes. So don't be shy. Leave us a voicemail. I swear I won't answer the phone when you call. (laughs) We don't like answering the phone. (laughs) I don't. I screen all my calls. And if you share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm, we will send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And currently we have some throwback merch in there. So you want to do that so you can get the coupon codes, you can shop the throwback merch because we design all sorts of cool stuff and then retire it. But we've got some favorites that we wanted to bring back for our holiday shopping extravaganza, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it. Make sure you take a look at today's show notes. You'll find links to the article that we referenced, links to our social media, our merch shop, and all other fun things that we do. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. We hope you have a wonderful American Thanksgiving. And eat lots of yummy food. If you're not in America, we hope it's an awesome Wednesday, an awesome weekend. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I hope everybody else has a terrible time, but I mean, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> All right. So until next time, drink, farm, and, and give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.